Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. This episode, I sit down with the Annihilator Broadhead Company and talk with Brandon, who does a great job of answering what I thought were some tough questions about their broadhead's design and uh, really, I think, provided a lot of good information where I actually left the conversation feeling better about what they have as a broadhead company, what they have as a broadhead design, and uh, definitely did give them an easy interview, in my opinion and uh, provided a lot of great information and uh, leaves me to where I want to shoot and test the broadhead. So uh, this was probably going to be the most talked about broadhead for fixed blades in 2019, in my opinion. As far as a broadhead design, there's a lot of different things about this head, uh, a lot of buzz centered around the bladeless uh, kind of marketing effort they did and, and how that, you know, how the market kind of reacted. And uh, I, I just really had a great time uh, learning and, and listening to Brandon on this episode. So a uh, lot of lot of questions surrounding this broadhead, a lot, uh, lot of actual kind of negativity for folks that are looking at the head and haven't even shot it yet. Um, I want to give it a fair shake and shoot it, and I feel uh, a lot better after talking to Brandon about what they have going on here. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. I know I did. It's a little bit shorter than our usual, but it's straight to the point with a lot of good information, and uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So again, this is Annihilator Broadheads, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. See you in the end. This is a broadhead that has been in my eyes since it honestly came out, and I've you guys had a bunch of teaser picks, and it was like, right. it was like, what in the heck am I looking at here? Bladeless broadheads, and and <laughs> right. and, uh, and so it got a lot of buzz going real quick. Right. My Instagram inbox and and uh, um, Facebook started in the inbox started getting a little. Um, what's this deal? Well, you know what's going on here? Have you have you tested these yet? I'm like, dude, they're not even out yet. Right. Uh, no, I haven't tested them. So when I saw you guys had a booth over here, I kind of just nabbed you and, and here we are so yeah. <laughs> yeah so give me a quick introduction man and then we'll kind of go into into what you got sure yeah well i'm brandon brody uh co-owner of annihilator broadheads uh my partner is micah brown and uh yeah we just launched annihilator broadheads about a month ago mm-hmm. and uh it's uh it's been uh it's actually been about a two and a half year project that we've been working on and keeping hush hush for a long time and oh wow um just uh done a lot of testing and wanted to launch right and so i'm glad the teasers worked yes <laughs> yes they, they were teasers and yeah they were marketing and yeah and that's okay it, yeah no it helps it, when you can when you can create a buzz in the industry when you have a lot of competition a lot of new right. startups and i was talking to somebody about the other day i was talking to luke from tooth of the arrow about mm-hmm. just like why is there so many different new broadheads coming out every year <laughs> and he's like well there's a few reasons but it was just it was just really interesting like that right. seems to be the number one most competitive market right now is broadheads like there's right. so many hitting the market and um it seems like a lot of them are taking technology that's already been out there or just kind of tweaking something that's already right. out your guys is i haven't really seen anything like this one right um i i was just trying to dissect it when i first finally got a full picture of what it was and then the bladeless thing is what is what generated the most questions. Sure. Um, so let's let's get into this thing, man. So I'm 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 holding this thing right here right now, and um, we already talked about this, but it looks like it's a cast broadhead. Yep. Um, tell me, basically walk me through the design of this thing real quick. Sure. Yeah, it's completely a new shape uh, than anything else on the market in terms of um, uh, because of its its uh, back weighted lobes. Um, 
most broad heads on the market you'll see, they create them uh, to be more aerodynamic. So they theoretically, they're looking for the least amount of drag possible on the broad head. Mm-hmm. Um, we've learned that uh, you want the least amount of surface area or drag on your entire projectile of the arrow, not just a broad head. And so we set out to make a new shape that um, actually creates a, uh, an air pocket as it flies um, and as it hits animals as well. Um, and um, there's some science behind it. You can get that. Uh, we're about to post some information on our website to uh, jump into the technical specs of it and why it does what it does. But ultimately, um, this back lobe, um, it, it literally transfers energy to the animal like no other broadhead because of its shape, because we're intentionally creating more drag. And so as it hits an animal, it creates a pressure wave um, and... Uh, and also a low-pressure wave on the back end of it, uh, like no other broadhead out there. Um, we came across this, this design because we really didn't, the reason, kind of the, going back to the bladeless broadhead, uh, we really don't think you need blades. Uh, cutting. You want a cutting surface. Um, you want an edge, a cutting edge. But at the end of the day, um, we think there's a, this design does more than just a uh, something with slits or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a blade that sticks up vertical from, a, uh, you know, a spherical, you know, the general broadhead yeah. uh, shape, right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, technically speaking, you could argue whether it's a bladeless broadhead or not. It has sharpened edges. Uh, but uh, we took the approach of it doesn't have, uh, it's not a detachable blade. Um, and so the teasers worked. We got some interest. <laughs> we we raised our hands and say, yep, that might have been some marketing. Yeah. Uh, but there isn't a gimmick in terms of the shape. And right. I think that's what we're okay. we're excited to share with people is uh, 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 they're going to see that the effectiveness of this shape is very different than and creates a different expectation for what you should have for your broadheads. Um, and so, yeah, so we can get into all that. But uh, and and really the. Uh, what what actually is taking place but to answer your question that was kind of the to, the shape we wanted something yeah. new we wanted something fresh something that looked very different something that functionally did something different yeah so. well the, the number one thing i got was like bladeless question mark and it was like i don't know man i haven't seen it <laughs> obviously it has some sort of cutting edge on there right, right, you right. mean or else it would be a fill point so right you know i mean something's going on here but um so i'm glad you clarified that because that, that was one of the most question things I got about the, all the marketing and stuff going into this thing. And, and, um, you know, I, I don't mind it, you know, it generated a lot of buzz and yeah. it worked. So, sure, sure. I mean, you can't blame a guy for, for working that angle. I don't, I don't mind that thing at all. And for the cupping and in creating less drag for the, everything behind it, um, thinking about that and applying it to other areas that you find that totally makes sense when you're looking at NASCAR and you're drafting behind a car. Yep. That totally makes sense when you're getting better gas mileage following a semi too close. You know, like That's right. it just makes sense. That's why people went with the uh, nano diameters, right? Yeah, the yeah, smallest yeah, diameter. Exactly. Arrows. And I was going to say the guys that maybe would have a problem with that theory or that science. Well, like you're probably shooting a slim, you know, slim tech arrow or something like that or micro arrow. And, right. you know, so you believe somewhat in it. Right. So. Um, I, I can totally get on board with, with kind of creating that little turbulence or that break in the air and creating a draft pocket for the rest of your air to go through. So yeah. uh, would have you guys had any leading into that? If you guys are breaking up the air, and, and this is kind of a stretch here, but have you had any problems with getting veins to um, with drag on the veins or any, any no. tuning with the arrows with the veins creating that turbulence? No, not at all. Um, 
in fact, uh, um, with this broadhead, with everybody that has shot it to date, uh, we've told them intentionally, don't try to tune this broadhead to really? fletchings. Just screw it on, shoot it, and give us the feedback. Okay. Um, and uh, just last week, I had a buddy of mine who kind of was – he was – anticipating he was waiting to see that in real life and so i uh i i had him pick a random random broadhead out of the batch took my fill point off screwed it off hadn't even shot that day mm-hmm. we moved the target out to 100 yards i shot field points and i shot broadheads four shots total and i had a two inch group at 100 yards really yeah now will i do that all the time no i'm not claiming i'm that good <laughs> of a shot i'm probably got really lucky on that yeah yeah uh, but he was there he saw it and it was awesome and he's like okay <laughs> okay, so we're going to be producing more videos about that, and okay, and uh, really spending some time to help people understand uh, and proving that, if you will. Yeah, um, but no, you do not need to tune this broadhead to your fletchings at all. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. And so another question I have is, is um, you know, it seems like every manufacturer wants to say this is the quietest, most easiest, feels like a fill point, and everything right. like that. That's all standard stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about uh, how quiet is it? Do those cups provide any more? Um, sound with the drag that it's producing right so there's no cutouts right right Um, no fast which i'm a fan of i don't like vented right it just creates that little extra whistle uh there is there is no sound that it that we have found uh produced from these broadheads i we actually um we're uh, messing around and uh doing some video shoots at night into Mm -hmm. uh uh, well, I, I won't. Uh, I won't give the secret away. So <laughs> we'll have some videos coming out. Okay. But, okay. <laughs> but um, my videographer, uh, I told him uh, he's not an archery hunter, and so I said, "You need to be back, you know, <laughs> far away. Like, don't be close to this thing." And, yeah. And I said, "The closer you get, you're at your peril, man." And I said, "You do what you want, but we were only shooting like 20 yards." Oh. <laughs> and uh, but the way he couldn't see where I was, he was kind of behind a tree. And so, uh, but he was within um, five yards behind a tree of what I was shooting at. And uh, I shot a bunch of broadheads uh, for this test. And um, anyways, um, I told him, I was, okay, this is the Annihilator. And uh, he had no idea I'd shot until it showed up into the actual target. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. Yeah, so at 20 yards, he couldn't even... He can. He didn't even hear the bow uh, string go off. That's so. pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, I do have a quieter bow, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, with the with the cupping, I really want to get into there because that's that's really the part that gets deserves a second look. I mean, there's not sure. anything else out there that I can think of with cupping. Um, yeah, very and a broadhead yep. in there. It, it is very unique, like you said, in that aspect. Um, did you guys go with a smaller? Because the, what's the cutting um, surface and cutting diameter on that thing? Right, so uh, cut diameter on the 100 grain is uh, 0.9. We've played with it a little bit. You might see on our website 0.85. We've actually been able to increase that and still get the weight. Um, And so it's it's right in there about 0.9. Is that Uh, legal to use in Oregon? It's legal to use in all 50 states. All 50 states. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, We've gotten a lot of pushback on that, but we did check. Between all fifty states, it's okay, legal. that's yeah. good to know because there's some some like like bone was just really close to <clears throat> not being legal, <laughs> right? And so I was like, okay, um, but so and how much cutting surface did you have? Because you were talking to me about that earlier, and that right. was kind of a head turner for me. Um, looking at it, you wouldn't think there would be that much on there, right? Well, if you turn it around and look from the back, you can obviously tell there's a lot more mass on this, and mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of people give us flack for. Well, geez, you got so much surface area on that thing, doesn't it produce drag? And how does it fly? And you know, we can get into that conversation in a minute. But yeah. this has one of the smaller cut diameters of any broadhead out there, 
but it actually has the largest cutting surface area of any broadhead out there. In fact, it's a, a 0.18 cutting surface area for our 100 grain. Um, our um, 125 is even bigger. Hmm. But uh, the next closest thing to a cutting surface area would be a, br- a two-blade broadhead that has a three-inch cut diameter. Okay. And that would be 0.12. Okay. And so uh, just to give an, a, an analogy of that, you can go to our website and also on the back of our packaging, there's a little diagram that you can kind of see what we're talking about there. But hmm. um, it makes a lot more sense when you see, uh, like we come to a show like this and we bring a, a car trunk mm-hmm. um, so that we can show people this, this is the diameter or this is the hole that is actually being made. This would be the smallest hole possible for this broadhead um, to give somebody a point of reference um, and that's just because of the cutting surface area okay that uh, so the some of the cutting surface is on the back side of of i guess you'd say the, the broadhead um well it's, of, it's it's within the edges and the scoop so oh okay. you're talking about the rear yeah kind of attack yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely okay so um you know like so kudu kind of has that same is for guys that want to picture it kudu kind of has that same sharp back end yep as well yeah yep um, so with, with the broadhead, did you guys find any hiccups with the cupping preventing penetration? Because when I first saw the broadhead, I'm like, I wonder if they went with the smutting, smaller cutting diameter because the cupping was preventing some drag right. uh, going through the animal. Is there any – that's just my assumption, and that's why I was wanting to ask you that. That was my number one question personally. This broadhead absolutely creates drag, but it does so intentionally in the right places. And so um, you can – Look at the scoops. I mean, those are completely creating drag. Yes, right? yes. Um, however, when you attach that broadhead to an arrow, um, it's popping a hole, and so that arrow is going to travel through. That's all surface area of a projectile going through an animal. That arrow is going to travel through with significantly reduced friction or drag mm-hmm. as it goes through the animal compared to any other broadhead out there right. because it's popping that hole. So I've got a uh, arrow right here, and that, that makes sense to me, and I'm just liking this from past um, if you see that footer on there, that presents a bigger hole for the rest of the arrow to go through, and I get better right. penetration. And it's not fair. I know animals aren't plywood, but when I would shoot right. plywood, this would open up a bigger hole right. for the rest of it to go through, and then I would be other arrows um, or other setups with penetration. So I can see what you're saying there, and that totally makes sense. So, yeah, that that so that's not why you went with the smaller cutting diameter? Not necessarily, no. We went with the smaller cutting diameter because it's what we could – this is, we knew we wanted this shape. We knew we wanted the back lobes. That was clear. But they're standards. you got to meet 100 grains. you got to meet 125. Right. So, <laughs> so it was a really big challenge to get this to weight and yeah. be what this is and what you hold and be legal uh, cut diameter at the same time. Right. Um, so uh, to be exact, a two-and-a-half-year process. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, a lot of these guys coming out here, from what I've gathered from my other, some other buddies, you know, they're doing some quick tests and and they they they, they slap a design together in six right. months they have a broadhead and I'm going to market and it's right. like, all right. So I t- I you know I say this all the time. I appreciate hard work and I appreciate attention to detail. Right. And two years sounds like a lot of hard work and a lot of attention to detail. Yeah. Maybe some a lot know, of multiple tests. prototypes. Oh yeah. Multiple tests. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know I, this is a, this is granted this is just a simple footer. This is not this is not the first footer they came out with. I right. had the first ones and then like don't don't. We already have another one. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, they went through a couple things, and that's just a simple product. Yeah. And, um, and they refined and made that one better. But um, So another question I had is is in the industry, you don't see cast used as much. Um, some yeah. of the more popular steels right now are the S30V and, mm-hmm. and then um, other ones like that. And then some guys are really going cheaper on them. But with cast, uh, that, 
that does cause a little bit of debate on the integrity of the sure. broadhead with the guys that I've seen in forums and talks sure. and stuff. So walk me through the metal process and selection. Sure. Let, let's address cast first, and we can talk yeah. about the type of metal. Totally. Um, so cast is extremely repeatable, um, far more repeatable um, than uh, just a machined process yeah. uh, over and over again. Um, cast has all sorts of issues depending on the shape. And we originally machined these, and oh. the cost was so high because you're removing, to get to this shape, you're removing 60% of the material. And so, right. you know, we were like prototyping these for like 50 bucks a shot or 60 oh bucks a gosh. shot. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so uh, we started looking at casting. This is all in the feasibility, right? Can we even go to market? Would somebody even pay for something like that, right? Um, so we talked about casting, learned about that process. Um, I mean, Aerospace products are made with casting, so it just depends on the use, the shape, and, and what you're looking to get out of it. Um, ultimately, we had that concern for durability because with casting, you can get air pockets, you can, you know, all sorts of right. issues. And so right. um, our our casting company, um, uh, they're uh, so American American made. We did not outsource to China. Uh, I'm glad you said that. There's, there's one. <laughs> there are great uh, actual investment casting companies in China, but uh, yeah. we looked at that and we said that's not who we want to be. I'm glad. Yeah, um, I'm glad you guys did that. But uh, um, anyway, so we we went through a process. They guaranteed us with this shape specifically because it's it's this lobed back weighted design mm -hmm. um, that uh, they ran all of this through X-ray machines. And they give us uh, reports of how solid these are, mm -hmm. where air pockets are. So what we did through our casting, and you saw this firsthand, our casts are much larger than our final part. And the reason why is because we're cutting out to the most solid portion of that. So that's how we went about our design. We said, how do we make this the most repeatable and solid? And so when they told us, your shape is good, we... You know, and we have a process to validate that. Okay. Uh, we said, okay, let's try it. And then obviously we tested it. And so, so you can go on our yeah. our website and you can see us shooting it straight into concrete to prove that and to say it's strong. You're going to break an arrow far before you're going to break this thing. We also give everybody a lifetime uh, warranty against manufacturing defects. So so if you do have one break and you're like, dude, there's a big old fat air pocket. I'm like, hey, that's pretty god dang rare. Here's a free one. That's right. Okay. Okay. Uh, it would be impossible because we run them through an X-ray. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's good information. But yeah, yeah. So so you guys went with the cast, and it's it's no secret. That previous designs with cast have been have had issues, but with your guys' design and the way you built them, and the extra step you take with the X-ray, right, um, shouldn't be a concern. No, not at all. Or isn't a concern. Not at all. Not yeah. not for me. And I'm the one flipping the bill. So yeah. Well, <laughs> when I first saw that it was cast, I, that, I was like, okay. There it is, right there. There's the thing, and I'm like, and then so I'm like, I need to, you know. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of guys were like that too. You right. know, they see everybody wants to just immediately go negative when they see a product, sure. you sure. know, a new product, especially when it's something that they haven't used or seen yet. You know, it's, it's, um, but taking a look at it, um, and I and I have seen the video. Uh, I think I have seen the videos where you guys were shooting them through the trunk and stuff, and right. Um, and they did hold up pretty well. Yeah. Um, how is the edge retention um, on those things compared to other heads on the market that that you've tested? Have you tested the edge retention at all? Sure. Uh, we don't want to call out any other companies, um, but we've definitely tested, um, and we've uh, uh, the edge retention is is phenomenal. I I can't tell you it's it's the best. 
right. I can tell you, you will be 100% satisfied with this edge retention. Okay. Um, I can also tell you that if you want to resharpen it, you can also put it flat on a stone and resharpen it yourself and hone it. Um, it is a 52 Rockwell. Um, we found that that is a, the sweet spot for 4140 um, for this material. So You said something about S30, S30 V steel. Like this is, uh, what's that in the relationship to this? Right, so a lot of guys knew SV30 just from Solid yep. and, and other. Uh, it was actually created by Chris Reeve Knives back in the day. Um, I heard about it because I'm from Boise. And uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, this is actually, uh, so SV30 is the stainless version of 4140. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and, and is that a tool? It's a tool steel. Tool steel, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not a metal guy, but I'm talking to all these broadhead guys, and some of yeah. it's starting to stick. I'm like, okay, I yeah. recognize that. So so if you like SV30, <laughs> then you're really going to like 4140 because that's what it was created from. Okay. That's, see, I learned something new right there. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, and I don't claim to be a metal guy or anything like that. I just listen to guys that know way more than me, and I'm like, okay, so this is a good steel. And from all my research and, and, and all the testing that I've done, I like 50 to 60, somewhere in between there. It seems to be... And you guys are 52. Yeah. I'm talking Rockwell, obviously, yeah. uh, for listeners. But that seems to be a really good. Um, and then also, depending on design, your hardness would want to depend on that as well. So if we went, uh, just to speak to that, if we went any harder, we wouldn't be able to, the average hunter would not be able to resharpen those in the field. I have broadheads that will not be sharpened in right. my ta- right. tackle box because right. it's like, I'm not going to spend an hour doing this. I'm right. not, I could take a work sharp and probably get it. You know? Right. Right, right. So, um, so with yours, um, one thing I I liked because having done so many different broadheads and stuff, sharpening isn't really a priority when I when I buy a broadhead. That's one of my least priorities. But damn, is it nice when <laughs> when you don't have to have a special sharpener, or you can just put it on a flat, you know, grid uh, uh, diamond grid and then just go and yep. then do it again and then again and again. So you don't have you to be an expert. That. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty freaking simple. You just run it across a flat diamond grit or sharpener and you're done. Yeah. 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 So to me, that actually kind of is appealing because, um, I, like I said, I, I've, yeah, I just want to throw half the broadheads in my box away at you nowadays. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else that you guys have done testing that surprised you guys throughout this process or anything that you guys have learned about the head through developing it? Yeah, I mean, we most of the stuff we've learned actually uh, wasn't functional. It was actually more uh, through the simulations that we've run, third-party engineering companies that we've hired to to help put some science behind what it does. Yeah. Um, just because that's not my background. Right. Um, and so I thought yeah. I'd hire guess, an expert. Yeah, hire an expert. <laughs> yeah, and you know who is you know non-biased. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, and so uh, one of the things that I think surprised me the most is we knew that this created a pressure wave. Mm-hmm. And we knew that it hit like a hammer. Um, we knew that it created um, an air pocket. What we didn't realize is it creates uh, a, a, some of our analysis. We did a, we ran an analysis with a 280 foot per second uh, arrow, uh, which is pretty common. What what uh, grain? Uh, well, the grain was based off of my arrow, which is 456. However, however 457. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> however, uh, for this analysis, it actually wouldn't matter because uh, it's about um, uh, trying to evaluate pressure. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's, it's almost like it's a, it's a standstill, right? It's what happens at a moment in time. Um, and so based on that speed. Uh, and so um, the speed was 280. And so at point of impact in an animal, um, it was a 5-inch pressure wave forward okay. and a 7.79 pressure wave on the back, okay. uh, which is actually a low pressure. 
so we have a diagram i'd walk you through it yeah um and uh that low pressure was the thing that surprised me on how, uh, the magnitude of that. It's unlike any other broadhead. And we ran other broadheads through this simulation, and we were significantly larger in that low pressure than anything out there, and which made sense because uh, what that low pressure is doing is it's kind of like a vacuum. It's taking that atmospheric pressure and literally pulling it through that viscous material, that, that liquid, the blood, as that... Um, uh, arrow travels through the animal, literally sucks its insides to the outside. Hmm. And we saw that in the animals that we were shooting. You can go to our website, you can see pigs and other things that we've shot that um, have these huge air bubbles and stuff coming out. And most guys look at that and they just automatically go, oh, you shot lungs. No, hmm. actually, we're pulling the air through that, which brings the blood. And so what we're seeing is, is a lot more trace on the ground faster. And that's why that matters ultimately um, because you can shoot an animal and kill it very effectively with any broadhead with the right shot placement. Yeah. Um, but the difficult part is to find something that you can shoot repeatable well, but also put the blood on the ground with enough penetration to do get those pass-throughs right. that we want. And so that's ultimately what you have with the Annihilator is you have um, you have enough penetration to get what you're looking for. Yeah, we created more drag. And we have outstanding penetration. Are we going to be the most penetrating broadhead in the world? No, because we're not the most aerodynamic broadhead in the world. Because we didn't design something to shoot the farthest. Right. We designed something to shoot. Uh, it's kind of that, that perfect middle ground or as close to that as possible without the trade-off of losing lethality. Mm -hmm. um, I want something to die as fast as possible efficiently. And I want blood on the ground. And I can do that by creating gaping wound channels. Okay. It's kind of like the analogy of um, if you were to like cut your hand with a razor, right? Um, you can close that, put some super glue on it, and you're ready to rock, right? Right. But if I'm, you know, slip and hit my hand with a drill bit and punch a hole through it, you're going to the hospital. Right. <laughs> you're going right. to have some problems. That makes sense. Um, that's ultimately what you're going to have with the annihilator. So with the with the air pressure thing, that's not in my wheelhouse. I that's that's stuff I'm going to have to start researching now. Um, would that basically? I, I picture somebody like doing a cannonball in the water, and then they kind of create that that in the middle of the the wave, it shoots back out. Right. Is that what you're referring to? Kind of like that kind of idea of, of absolutely of it shooting back out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because when you're talking about that, I'm like trying to relate that to some somehow I could describe for the audience that would make sense, and and it do, it does make sense. Well, uh, let me be uh, clear. Maybe not so much shooting back out the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. It's more about um, pulling atmospheric pressure in. Okay. Yeah. So, and I am, I don't claim to be an right, engineer. Right, right. We, we hired people to tell us <laughs> more about this, right? Uh, and so, um, but, but do you that's know exactly what a regular three-blade broadhead, traditional style three-blade broadhead would do atmospherically or whatever you're talking about? Yeah. So we, we ran that through our simulations and a, tr a traditional... Uh, broadhead would be about 30% of what we're seeing with the Annihilator. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So outside of that, are you guys even on the market yet? Have you sold anything yet? Yeah. So we're taking pre-orders right now. Okay. Uh, through the website here at the show. Okay. And uh, uh, we're we're looking to ship our first production run uh, within about two weeks. That would be really cool. Have yeah. you guys got quite a bit of pre-orders yet? Uh, we've got a decent amount. I yeah. wouldn't say we've, you know, killed it or anything. But yeah, I don't broke blame. the internet. <laughs> yeah, we haven't broken the internet. But uh, um, we were hoping to launch actually for this show, and we decided last minute because it is a 4140, uh, we wanted to um, 
put some uh, rust preventative on them. Okay. So we're going to do some black oxidization, and that's extending our our uh, launch a little bit. So I want I just wanted to ship a better product. Well, and no, and, and rust in Oregon, um, especially on some of the more expensive heads, um, has been an issue in the past, and right. it does deter people from buying them again. Yeah. Absolutely, so, and, and it doesn't help with edge re, edge retention or no. durability or yeah. anything. So you know the the oxidization isn't going to solve that. You still need oil on your on these heads, but um, uh, you know it'll be less. Yeah, <laughs> it'll reduce that when you get them. Are, are you guys going to sell what you need to 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 oil um, or the to pr- protect it from rusting? No, we're not. I don't want to be in a oil business. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can go get mineral oil for you mineral know, a oil bucks. is what you yeah, need. Yeah, but I would definitely recommend mineral oil. Just from uh, like the grocery store or something. Yeah, any type of it. yep. Um, and if you have gun oil, gun oil is great. There's nothing okay. wrong with gun oil. like rem oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with rem oil. Cool. Yeah, it's probably even easier because you can spray it on or you can get the wipes yeah. and and then just wipe them off. Yeah, my favorite's that CRC um, oil, and that's that stuff's dirty. It's yeah. good. I mean, it, it'll clean. I've, I brought guns back to life with that shit. Yeah. Um, and it's good oil, and it really does protect well and stuff. So so that's good to know. You don't have to go down the store and buy some special stuff. Nope. Um, so, well, well, why don't we uh, wrap this thing up and, and let me know when you can get them, where you can get them, and, and how much they're going to be. Sure. Uh, you can get them online. Uh, we're also creating a dealer network um, online at AnnihilatorBrides.com. Um, so you're looking for dealers. We are looking for dealers. I'd Good. like to. Uh, I'd like to get some distribution. I can't create that myself. You know. <laughs> I can uh, let you talk to a couple of my buddies. And yeah. See if we can't help. Yeah, them. and you know, there's ultimately we want shops pushing these, and uh, yeah. so we've onboarded uh, quite a few at this point. Um, uh, not where we want them to be, but uh, so we're working on that. Hmm. Um, but you can uh, find them in your local archery shop. Hopefully, coming soon. And okay. if not, then go tell your archery dealer to uh, <laughs> to give me a ring. So <laughs> yeah. we'll get them set up. So well, I, I do got one more question for you. Is is I've shot broadheads in the past, which I would not ever shoot again into my uh, like a toxic into my um, Reinhardt because mm-hmm. toxics are cheap and Reinhardts are expensive. Yeah, and they pull three holes out. Right. And, you know, will this damage your Reinhardt if you shoot it? Uh, you're definitely going to put a hole in it, but okay. you, will, <laughs> you will be able to pull it out because it does have this rear cut. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, because I'm like, man, those, they call them like the meat worm tubes or something. Yeah. It's like I'm pulling three of those chunks out of my Reinhardt every time. Right. right, and, right, uh, right. But, yeah, not to get on a soapbox there. But, um, so, all right, man. Well, Brandon, thanks for coming on to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. It. And, um, yeah, well, I, I like to get products locally so I don't have to go buy them over the Internet. So yeah. I'll have to introduce you to some of my buddies and see if we can't get these in the store locally. Cool. So, Sounds good, man. All right. Well, take care, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. That's this episode of the podcast. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, I did a good enough job interviewing for this one. I really wanted to do a good job and ask the good questions that I've seen online and that I had myself personally. So, outside of that, I think he uh, provided a lot of good information, some science behind it, and uh, sounds like they just did do a rush job and bring out a head to market, like a lot of guys are doing nowadays. Uh, they, you know, they spent some time testing and and third-party testing and uh, i appreciate like i said a lot i I appreciate attention to detail and i appreciate effort and it sounds like these guys have a lot of attention to detail and a lot of effort going into this head and uh, i think it's going to be a good head but i I still want to test it out before i come to my conclusion give it a fair shake so outside of that guys if you haven't please be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, the newsletter is the onpointpodcast.com. You can sign up there and you'll get exclusive deals. Uh, not a bunch of not a bunch of spam, but there'll be one or two companies that have exclusive
exclusive deals for the listeners on there. And then you also have updates to what the podcast has going on as well. So that is at onpointpodcast.com. Click the little blue sign up tab. It should pop up automatically, but if it doesn't, it's on the right side of the page. And uh, get yourself signed up. We're going to have a giveaway here coming up for the guys that actually do sign up for that newsletter and uh, we're going to try and really grow that thing so uh anyways hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast i appreciate everybody listening and i'll see you on the next one bye